I want to preach about tonight, preparing for rain. Uh, I watched um, Facing the Giants with my brother-in-law while he was here, which is one of my favorite all-time movies, and it's an awesome movie, and uh, he, he hadn't seen it yet, and we also watched Courageous, and um, in there, in that part of the movie, he, the, the, guy, the guy that's praying for revival says, you need to prepare for rain, and prepare for revival. And I really feel every time we have a revival is awesome. I love revival. You know how passionate I am about it. But I really, really, not just saying this, really feel like this is going to be an awesome, awesome revival. I really feel like God is going to move in a powerful way. And so I want us to be prepared for it. And I want us to get our hearts and our minds and our spirits ready for it. How many know the revival will be as good as we make it? We'll get as much out of it as we put into it. And the more we prepare our hearts, the more God will move. So 1 Kings chapter 18, I'm going to get through this quickly because I want to, like I said, have some altar time and really pray for it. They'll be coming in tomorrow night and um, God's going to bring them safely, amen. And they're just going to, don't forget Saturday, we're going to kick it off with the men's discipleship um, at Cartwright. So it's the first time we're going to do it there at 10 o'clock. Men, let's try to get there at 10 if we can so we can... Um, not be straggling in later and take too long and push it off to we can't let let him spend some time in the word. He's he's um, uh, really, really good at discipleship. He's going to bring an amazing um, discipleship for us men. Please, wives, do what you can to let your husband, help your husbands get there. Um, do what you can to get there, men, because this is a super, super um, great man of God. I, I honor him a lot. I respect him a lot. He's one of my best friends. And uh, he, he's, he's going to bring a lot of great words. I've said he's got a great marriage. Uh, me and my wife really admire their marriage. And uh, we have a really good friendship with him. I'm hoping that I can put it in a plug in his ear that he'll do some kind of marriage service while he's here. I don't ever tell them what to do, but he'll be coming prepared. But maybe there'll be a night that he can speak on marriage a little bit. But it's going to be really good. So in 1 Kings 18, there's a story I want to read real quick. Uh, Elijah is just coming off the victory at Mount Carmel where he defeats the the gods of Baal. And uh, he says in verse 41, Elijah said to Ahab, Go up, eat and drink, for there is the sound of an abundance of rain. Now how many know that there had not been any rain? Amen. And so how many know we need to speak words into, into life that don't exist? Speak that which is not as though it were, the Bible says. So he says, I want you to get up, Ahab, and I want you to go and eat and drink and get ready. And he basically says, get prepared, because it's going to rain. And there hadn't been a cloud in the sky, and there was no signs of rain. But he spoke a word of faith and said, it's going to rain, and it's going to rain heavy. So Ahab, verse 42, went up to eat and drink. Elijah went up to the top of Carmel, Carmel, and he bowed down on the ground and put his face between his knees and said to his servant, go up now and look toward the sea. So we went up and looked and said, there's nothing. Now, real quick, I just want to throw something in there that's not in my notes. We had a great prayer time tonight before service. It was powerful in there, an anointing in there. Again, the prayer times before services are going to set the tone for the revival. Amen. I know it's going to be several nights in a row. I know you're going to be coming from work. I know you're going to be tired. But try to get in there, even if it's for five minutes. Try to go into that engine room and spend some time because, like I said, as we pray, that anointing is going to come into our services. Amen. So this is what Elijah's doing. He's praying. He spoke the word by faith, and then he brought it to pass by prayer. Amen. So he says, Ahab says, there's nothing. 
And he said, seven times, go again. So seven times he prayed, and seven times Ahab went, and seven times there was nothing. And he says, it came to pass on the seventh time that he said, there's a cloud as small as a man's hand rising out of the sea. So he said, go up, say to Ahab, prepare your chariot. If you're taking notes or have your Bible open, underline that. Prepare your chariot. That word prepare is the most important. It means get ready. And go down before the rain stops you. Now tell me that's not faith. There's a cloud in the sky the size of a hand. And Elijah is telling Ahab, hurry up. Go. Before you get wet, before you get flooded on, before you get drenched. And Ahab's probably obeying but going, what is this dude talking about? Amen. What's the hurry? And then it says in verse 45, but it happened in the meantime that the sky became black with clouds and wind. How many know it doesn't take long? For the clouds to come in. And there was a heavy rain. I'm ready, for, I'm ready for a heavy rain this weekend. So Ahab rode away and went to Jezreel. Amen. So go quickly to Psalms 119. I wanted you to see that. Talking about preparation for rain. And I wanted you to see that we can speak already. We can already begin to prepare our hearts for this weekend. And for this revival that God is going to move. I want to teach you how to prepare. How to prepare yourself. Well, I'm going to be here. That's good. That's the best thing you can do is get here. But when you're here, how many know you can be here physically and present, but not get anything out of it? So you have to prepare your spirit for what God is going to do. He's been praying and he's been fasting and he's been seeking the Lord on what he's supposed to speak to our church. I've told you before, we never talk. We never say what's going on. Matter of fact, we haven't talked until yesterday when we were talking about the rental car and getting his license. That's the only time we talked since maybe conference. I don't know if we've talked since then. And so he has no idea what's going on in our church. He has no idea what we need except as far as from me. But God's going to teach him what we need, what we need to hear, what every single one of us needs in our personal life for this revival. Amen? And so I'm going to show you three things if you're taking notes tonight. But I want to read Psalms 119. That's the longest chapter in the Bible. Psalms 119. And I want you to go to, to the verse 148. Psalms 119, verse 148. And we're talking about preparing for rain. We're talking about revival. And there's some key words. That you know that I preach out of the New King James Version. And uh, I'm gonna, you'll, so if you have that same version, you'll see the same words. It starts in 148 and says, My eyes are awake through the night watches, that I may meditate on your word. And he says in 149, Hear my voice according to your loving kindness. Um, oh Lord, watch these, revive me according to your justice. If you have a pin there, underline that, revive me. Revive me according to your justice. 150, they draw near who follow after wickedness. They are far from your law. You are near, oh Lord, and all your commandments are truth. Concerning your testimonies, I have known of old that you have founded them forever. Consider my affliction and deliver me, for I do not forget your law. Plead my cause and redeem me. And here we see the word again, revive me according to what? Your word. Salvation is far from the wicked, for they don't seek your statutes. Great 
Verse 156, are your tender mercies, O Lord. And we see the word again. Revive me according to your judgments. Many are my persecutors and my enemies. Yet I don't turn from your testimonies. I see the treacherous and am disgusted because they do not keep your word. Consider how I love your precepts. And we see once again, revive me, O Lord, according to your loving kindness. The entirety of your word is truth, and every one of your righteous judgments endures forever. Father, anoint the next few minutes tonight and this Wednesday night to to prepare our spirits for the rain, to prepare our spirits for revival. God, we don't know what's going to happen next week. We don't know what's going to happen next month. We don't know what the future holds, but we know that you're in control of it and you want good things for us. We ask you to anoint this word and open our hearts and our minds to be ready for what you've got for us this weekend. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Everybody said? Amen. Amen. So if you notice there, three times we see the word revive. How many know that as Christians and believers, we're going through our walk and there's times that we're on fire. We are excited. We are just in love with the Lord and we are doing great and things are going well. Then other times we get cold. We get uh, in a drought, we get in a time where there's don't feel, we don't feel like we're hearing God's voice. We don't feel like He's very close. And I hope after Sunday morning you feel closer to God. Amen. After I talked about God's amazing details, how much He loves us. If you ever get to a place where you're really doubting God, go read Psalms 139 again, where He talks about the intimacy of Him knowing us before we were even formed. It's a powerful chapter. But write down this th- these three things real quick and I'll go over them. And these are three things I really, I don't want you just to hear this word tonight and then leave. I want you to think about these three things over the next few days. I don't usually give you homework, but I want you to look at your notes over the next few days. And I want you to go back and pray these things so that you'll get something. Because I, again, I'm not just saying this to say it. I really believe we're going to get some really good revelations from God this weekend. So number one, and we'll go over this and show you where it was, is we need to be open and ready to hear the word of God. Number one, we need to be open and ready to hear the word of God. We saw that back in verse 154. He said, revive me according to your word. Amen. He's going to come, an evangelist comes, a preacher comes, I preach from the word. The word comes from God through his word, and the word of God is what changes us. As much as we love praise and worship, as much as, we, as I love to sing to God in my car, as much as I love to pray, those things are just lubricants and maintenance for my salvation. The word of God is what saved me. Amen? Amen? The Bible did not say that faith comes through an awesome praise song. The Bible did not say that faith comes by praying a lot. The Bible says that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And so the first and foremost thing we need to do is we need to say, God, every time a scripture is read, every time the Bible is open, Father, prepare my spirit for your word. And that whatever word comes is going to be the word that you have for me. And I'm going to come expecting. I'm going to come saying, Lord, there isn't a message that's not going to be for me. There isn't a word that's going to be spoken that is not for me. There isn't a verse that's going to be spoken that is not for me. Amen? Everything spoken is going to be for me. So we we open that Bible and we say, God, 
You're going to use your vessel tonight. You're going to use your vessel this weekend. You're going to use your vessel to touch my marriage. You're going to use your vessel to touch my finances. You're going to use your vessel of God to touch my thoughts. All these different things. You're going to prepare your spirit to hear the word of God. And you will be revived. Amen? How many can see that difference in your walk when you, if you just stop and think for a second... If you come to church and you're able to focus and you're able to get your mind on God and you're able to shut out the world for a few minutes, how many have noticed the difference when you actually came to church expecting God to move and didn't just come to show up? We all do that sometimes because we're human. But if you can stop and say, God, I'm, I'm here, so I'm going to shut the world off for a few minutes and I'm going to get something from you, you're going to find out you're going to leave different. Amen? Now again, not to beat a dead horse, that's why we pray before church. That's why the prayer room's open. That's so that we can come in from a world of stress and we can go into a place and get alone with God for a few minutes and we can say, God, take all those things away and I prepare my spirit to hear your word. And that's why we praise and worship so we can continue to push that flesh out. So by the time the word of God comes, we are able to hear it. We're able to receive it. We're able to get it inside of us. Amen? So there's a reason why we do what we do. Number two, ways to prepare. This is a big one. We need to be open. This might be the biggest area we can fail in a revival or any service. I'm talking about the revival, but any service. We, number two, we need to be open to God's conviction. Amen? We need to be open to his conviction. He says in 156, Great are your tender mercies. Revive me according to your judgments. And when God begins to speak his word, what is his word doing? His word is judging us. His word is convicting us. His word is speaking to us. And his word is showing us like a mirror the things in our lives that don't line up with his word. And so that's why we do altar calls. And that's why it shouldn't be strange that the altar's always full and we always see the same people going down and we always see people praying. It's not because we're weak. It's because we're realizing we don't line up with the Bible the way we need to line up. And there's things that we need to change and there's things we need to get better on and there's areas that we need to, to tweak on and tune up. And we have to be open to God saying, hey, and it's not like you just shout amen when that conviction comes, but you say, okay, I got that, God. I heard that, Lord. That was for me. And you, and you respond. And so you have to be open to the conviction of the Holy Spirit. You will be revived when you are in a place of correction. When you can be corrected by God and you can say, God, Please correct me. Please speak into my life. Please show me the areas that I need to be better in. Amen? And there's a spirit of, of anointing when there's a spirit of correction. Amen. And number three, this is important as well. None is more important than the other. We need to be open to how God wants to use you. Not only in your life, but in the revival, in, in your marriage, and in your, in your work, and how you can help others. That's what this last one means. If we look at 159, he says, Revive me, O Lord, according to your loving kindness. Loving kindness means your love and your actions towards others. Okay, that's an area that we have to constantly work on. And as we're listening to these messages, and as God is speaking through his word, he's convicting us to be better, 
And then we put it into practice by saying, God, I want to walk in your loving kindness. And I want to see how, as the messages are coming forth, how can I serve others? And how can I serve those around me? And how can I be a blessing to others? How can I answer your call? Amen. How can I do what you're calling me to do? How many believe tonight that God has called all of us to do something for his kingdom? Amen. It doesn't mean that you have to be a preacher, but you can do something for the kingdom of God and you can serve the Lord. And so as we're in this thing, you need to be listening to how God can prepare you because that's the ultimate reason that we do what we do is that we could walk in the way God wants us to walk. So someday we can stand before God and he can say, enter in good and faithful what? Servant. Amen. Servant of the Lord. Amen. How many God know God is looking for some more servants? We can never forget ever that that's what Jesus came to do. He came to serve, not to be served. Amen. Now I want to talk about one more thing tonight. Let me go over these one more time. Be open and ready to hear the word of God. Now, as I go over these again one time, I just want to tighten it up. This is where you have to renew your mind before services. You have to say, God, help me focus. Help me stay thinking about what this word is saying. And as it comes, Lord, let it absorb into my spirit so that fruit will come out of it. You need to fall in love with this Bible. Amen. If you don't love this word, you need to fall in love with it. Amen. You need to say, God, help me love this like I love food. Like I love anything else in the world. Let me more. Let me love your word. Amen. And then you need to say, God, I love correction. Amen. I love conviction. It's, it, you, oh, I don't like to be convicted. We should love to be convicted because God loves those disciplines, those he loves. Amen. And it's not always that you're doing something humongous and wrong. It says, he says, I can use you more if. I can do more through you if. Amen. The more we are open and willing to be used, the more God will use us. And then finally, how can God use us to help others? I found a really, really neat story I want to finish with tonight. And I want you to just pay attention. It's, it's a little lengthy, but it's not going to lose you. Amen. Uh, powerful story. There was three trees on a hill in the woods. And they were discussing their dreams and hopes. And of course, bear with me. We... we no trees don't talk unless you've watched the Geico commercial. And then they say that they do. I guess they say that when there's nobody around, trees talk as they fall. Okay, But they were discussing their hopes and dreams. And the first tree said, someday I hope to be a treasure chest. I could be filled with gold and silver and precious gems. And I could be decorated with intricate carvings and everyone would see my beauty. Now, as I read this, picture yourself and think about how you as a believer should want to be used by God. Okay? The second tree said, someday I will be a mighty ship. I will take the kings and queens across the waters. And I'll sail to the corners of the world. Everyone will feel safe in me because of my strength and the strength in my hull of my boat. The third tree said, I want to grow up to be the tallest and the strongest and the straightest tree in all of the forest. People will see me up on top of the hill. They'll look up to my branches and they'll think of the heavens and how God, of God and how close to them he is because I'm reaching so high. I'll be the greatest tree of all time and people will always remember me. 
So a few years went by and they kept praying for their dreams. They prayed that they would come true and it seemed like nothing was ever happening. How many have been there? Trees, trees grow for a long time. Then one day, the first tree said, sorry, some woodsmen came out to the, to the forest and said, this tree looks like a strong tree. I should be able to sell the wood to a carpenter. So he cut the tree down. The tree was happy because he knew the carpenter would make him into an awesome treasure chest. The second tree, as he was being looked at by the woodsman, the woodsman said, this looks like a strong tree. I should be able to sell it to the shipyard. The second tree was very happy because he knew he was on his way to becoming a mighty ship. Then the woodsman came up to the third tree. The third tree was frightened because he didn't know if they would cut him down and his dreams would not come true. One of the woodsmen said, I don't really need anything special from this tree. I'll take this one. But he cut him down. When the first tree arrived at the carpenters, he made it into a feed box for animals. He was then placed in a barn filled with hay. This was not at all what he had prayed for. The second tree was cut and made into a small fishing boat. His dreams of being a mighty ship and carrying kings to the end of the world had ended. The third tree was cut into large pieces and left alone in the dark. Years went by and once again these three trees forgot about their dreams until one day the first tree a man came along with a woman to a barn. She gave birth and they placed the baby in the hay in the feed box that was made from the first tree. The man wished that he could have made a crib for the baby, but this manger would have to do. The tree could feel the importance as he realized the, the happening of the event, and he knew he had all, all of a sudden held the greatest treasure of all time. Years later, a group of men got into the fishing boat that was the second tree. One of them was tired and went to sleep, and while they were out on the water, a great storm arose. The tree didn't think it was strong enough to keep the men safe. The men woke, woke the sleeping man and he said, Peace. And the storm stopped. At this time, the tree knew that he had carried the king of kings in his boat. Finally, someone came and got the third tree. And that third tree was carried and dragged through the streets as people mocked the man who was carrying it. When they came to a stop, the man was nailed to the tree raised in the air to die at the top of a hill. When Sunday came, the tree came to realize it was, not, it was strong enough to stand at the top of the hill and be as close to God as was possible, the one Jesus had been crucified on. Amen. Amen. Isn't that a powerful story? I say that to say this as the musicians come tonight. How many know that that can many times be the sum of our thoughts of our life. We don't see at most of the time what God is really doing in us. Amen. We haven't arrived at that place yet where we've seen God really use us in the way we've wanted to be used. Amen. How many want to stand and say, God, I know you're in control tonight of my life. I know that you still have use for me. I know that if I've never gotten a word before, I'm going to get it this weekend. I know if I've never seen a breakthrough before, I'm going to get it this weekend. 
I'm going to prepare for rain. If I've never seen victory, I'm going to see it this weekend. Amen? Father, we thank you for your word tonight. Lord, we thank you that your word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our paths. Lord, we thank you tonight that we can prepare our spirits for this revival. God, that we're not just having a revival to say we had a revival. We're not taking the, the money, Lord God, and funds of our church to bring somebody in and host them and, and take care of them while they're here, Lord, and give them an offering just to say, hey, we had a revival. Lord, this is supernatural. Lord, these are times when lives are changed. These are times when souls are saved. These are times when people are called into the ministry. This is supernatural time, God. And Lord, I speak tonight as Elijah spoke over Ahab, run because the rain is coming. I speak that tonight over this church. I pray tonight, Lord, that this would be the greatest revival we've ever had. And it can be, Father, if we prepare for it. If we get our lives lined up with the word of God. If we come into these services saying, God, speak to me through your word. It's not the man speaking, it's your word that changes my life. And Lord, we can say, God, convict me by your spirit. Judge me according to your word. Because I'd rather be judged by the word of God than by this world. And Lord God, I would realize in this revival, what is my call? What am I supposed to be doing to help somebody else? Who am I supposed to reach? And God, as we read that story tonight, God, about those three trees... We are the trees tonight. We are the trees. What are you wanting to do with us? We can have dreams. We can have desires. We can have all kinds of things we want to do, God. But we should say tonight, Lord, not my will, but your will be done. I prepare tonight my spirit for the rain that you're bringing upon my life.